0: Professor Forever Professor
1: Forever Hello, welcome to Professor Forever I am the Professor Forever Sorry for being a little late But I just got back from a vacation And I was exhausted Jet lag lasts a little longer When you're older Just FYI. So this is my second podcast about the Canfield Fair. I want to say there was not much change. Even though I hadn't been to the fair for 20 years, and before that 20 years, I hadn't been to the fair for 25 years. So I think that's a good timeline of visiting a place that was near and dear to your heart, but is far away from where you are. When I was a kid, I demanded and was allowed to go to the Canfield Fair Every day of its five-day run Every year So I was very excited to go The first thing that I noticed When I was there Was there were no metal detectors No wands At the gates You just walked up And bought a ticket And handed the ticket to someone five feet from where you bought it, and then walked in. It cost $8 to get into the Canfield Fair. Many things in Ohio were cheaper than they are for me living in California. That is not surprising. The amount of difference... Kind of surprised me. A very happy thing that happened at the fair was I petted horses. If you didn't hear Canfield Fair 1, I did bemoan the fact a little that in the suburban, urban areas I have lived Since living in that rural area Any fair that I have gone to I have not been able to get close to horses Horse owners are very reticent To let people come close to their horses But not at the Canfield Fair I walked through the speed barn Which has to be more than 100 years old Um And many of the horses were gone I think maybe There was some harness racing Going on that day Although I didn't catch it Much to my chagrin But there was one horse In a stall And as a friend Who saw the video told me It was like he was waiting for you And there weren't Any horse owners around I guess they were walking around the fair They just left their Beautiful, black racing horse in its stall by himself You could probably steal the horse, I don't know But I was able to pet three horses And let me tell you, that really picked me up There's nothing like petting a horse Their noses are softer than velvet If you've never petted a horse and its nose, I'm sorry. I I hope you can somehow pet a horse. I I don't know where you can go, but I'm going to guess it's someplace rural. (laughs) And hopefully it's a place where people are not so scared of humans interacting with their horses. Gone was the midway that I talked about in All's Fair Affair is, one, where the freaks were, the freak show, I should say it that way. I did end that podcast with me thinking aloud about how the people who were designated freaks felt about being in the freak show. I thought about it a little more afterwards. And I guess even though they were so adamant that they did not care that people wanted to spend money to come gawk at them, what else were they to do really in that day and age? There, you know, there wasn't so much ADA regulation. So they may have been hardened. By the time I couldn't even find that midway I feel like it was so much wider That midway that had the freak shows on it And as I said in podcast one about the fair I used to spend a lot of time on that midway But did they really make that midway smaller? Was it only big to me When I was young? And they never changed the dimensions of that midway I saw more food booths than I remember being there I didn't do much eating I can't Now that I'm older, I guess my stomach has shrunk something It does not react as well to junk food, greasy food, fast food I did have a DeRusso's Italian sausage sandwich, and it was absolutely water mouth-watering, delicious. I, I don't even know how to describe it any more than that. That thin Italian red sauce that they put, that they make and stew the peppers and onions in and then pour over your... Your Italian sausage, it's just to die for. I noticed that many of the booths of foodstuffs were in the same place that they were when I was a kid. The saltwater taffy booth that a friend of mine worked at, still on the same corner. It had a pooling machine. She told me how heavy taffy is. To load up on that machine. Never thought about it that way. No Wheel of Death with the motorcycle acrobats. It was replaced by a Feed the Butterfly exhibit, which was very fun. I was able to feed some butterflies. You went in, you stuck your fingers in a little bowl of fruit goo, held it up to their front feet. That is how butterflies taste. I learned they taste the stuff on your fingers and then they crawl up. I saw a girl, a little girl, who had about a dozen butterflies on her. I don't know how that happened. There was no place to that I saw to sit and watch psychedelic images, as I mentioned the trailer in the first podcast about the Canfield Fair. Hippies are old-fashioned now. No sound tower. If you know this particular fair, or probably any county fair from before the 80s, there probably was a sound tower. Oh, how we used to listen to the sound tower messages and laugh. Grandma, where are you? We've been waiting by the roller coaster for an hour. Hurry up. Mark, you were supposed to be at gate D. We're leaving in 15 minutes. Better run. Dear Janine, I love you. Your lover boy, Ted. These were the messages that came through on the sound tower. It's no longer. It exists no longer. Like payphones, it has disappeared. Or at least most payphones and phone booths disappeared because people now have cell phones and they can text their lover boy. They can text their grandma. They can text their late son. You know, just to go on a tangent here. You young people have no idea how lucky you are that cell phones come with long distance. In my day, we only had landlines and long distance was extremely expensive. I used to annoy the hell out of my mother by running up our long distance bill after I started college because I wanted to keep in touch with my friends and I could not be bothered to be bordered by any of the restrictions on the calling hours. You could call on Sundays and sometimes after 7 p.m. or something and it would be cheaper. But can you imagine getting a phone bill for $400 $400 because your daughter was talking on the phone long distance? Hmm. It makes me think about landlines, too. I thought about it the other day. So, if you were having a fight with your boyfriend or girlfriend, and you called the house that where they lived with their parents and their siblings, you had to come up with some great rhetorical strategies to somehow get through that landline block if you were fighting with your boyfriend or girlfriend. You know, somebody's father would answer and you'd be like, can I talk to Mary? And they would be like, well, she doesn't want to talk to you. So, And you had to think of something really creative and really uh, witty or... Sneaky to get around those blocks. Now there are no such things. You don't have to get around anybody. Unless it's a really jealous husband, I guess, that picks up a cell phone that belongs to someone else. The dust, the grass, the trees. I remember them. There are roots of a tree by where the sound tower used to be that I saw kids digging around that I used to dig around with sticks too. My sister and I went on the tilt-a-whirl. They taught me my siblings, when I was young, how to ride a -a tilt-a-whirl correctly. You have to be able to judge by feel the trajectory of your particular car on the track and going around the circle that your car is on in conjunction with the hills of the track And if you can learn how to read that map of the ride well, you can get a -a tilt-a-whirl car to twirl continuously or near continuously. Okay, I'm going to read the poem. Some of you love this poem. Most of you can tolerate it. If you've never heard this poem, well, I hope you enjoy it. This is the poem I wrote in probably 1997 when thinking about the Canfield Fair. And like this double episode podcast series, it the poem is called All's Fair Where Fair Is. All's fair where fair is. It's exciting even before it begins and sad even before it ends. When my hometown's Canfield Fair spins each school year in, my neighbors and I get prepared for those ups and downs from well-baked grandmas to idle factory workers twirling run-of-the-mill thumbs to international harvester farmers barking. When the Canfield Fair comes in as surely as fall, any foreigner can steal downtown because no one's there. It's the true bluish shade of local color and not one smell is missing either from mixed food messes to messy blue-collar babies to baby cows astounded. And sights? Go ahead and shut every eye. It's all still there, the fair. All's fair or fair is... Domestic quarrels kneel before more domesticated animals. Snap Wyatt's freak banners, command August air, and you think, why in the world, in the wide world of words, would anyone dare to call this fair? When it's so excellent, exquisite, A+. plus. Learn to calculate the top of a tilt tilt-a-whirl curve, and surf it breakneck to its bottom. Thor's hammer blows the biggest boys down while they frustratingly flutter their tongues on Swiss warblers. Fairs are surreal, yes siree. There are some cartoons more afraid than businessmen bungee-jumping over there, and you can buy blue candy apples for the price of a lunch. Pig iron derbies rate beside to die for performances of kids in band in lives of sleeping in and dusted corners. Beware the fifth of Canfield Fair days. Farmers run back to their fields and kids drag their feet, reticent to school. It's sad before it ends and even sadder when it does. The carnies stub out their cigars and haul summer away in chinks and clunks. Over furrowed Mahoney Valley hills The Canfield Fair spills Despite how hard we clutch We watch its flagrant last aggress And we cuss and we sigh and we spit And we think, shit, there goes the fair Unfair Fair Unfair Fair Unfair It's so Unfair I hope you enjoyed that. A few comments about some of the items in it. So I do talk about Snap Wyatt's freak banners in the poem, and I did talk about it last week in the first episode on the Campfield Fair. Thor's hammer? Didn't see it. I have learned to calculate the tip of a tilt world curve. I think I heard someone using a Swiss Warbler, which was this cheap little leather and cellophane toy you could buy that was kind of difficult to master. You put it in your mouth, kind of behind your teeth, that's what the leather was for, and you wetted the cellophane and blew between that small little space between your upper and lower teeth, and you could sound like a bird. I never really got the hang of it, but I pish with my own mouth now, and I think I was inspired to learn how to pish from the idea of Swiss warblers. When I was writing this, I was certainly thinking of the context of how cheap things were in my day and age, in my town of Youngstown, when I said, buy blue candy apples for the price of a lunch. They are cheap compared to what I pay for anything here in San Diego. Pig iron is something that was made in some of the steel mills. I say that out-of-work factory workers were twirling their thumbs because the layoffs were just beginning when I was a kid. U.S. Steel. I don't even remember the names of the other mills, but they are almost all, if not all, shut down today. The end of the poem, I say, there goes the fair, unfair. And I'm imagining in my eyes that they are going over the hills of Mahoning Valley. That is why I say, fair, unfair, fair, unfair. You could kind of watch the fair going, being taken away, and it would disappear into a valley. And then show up on the crest of another hill. Fair, and it goes down into the valley Unfair Then you'd see it pop up again Further down the road On the crest of a hill Fair And that is why in my chapbook I did typographically indicate Up, down, up, down, up, down And then ended with It's so unfair So I think visiting the fair reinforced my small in stature makes time and location larger realization. Small in stature, young, so not much experience, makes time seem larger makes locations seem larger because I don't think they would have somehow tailored that midway, brought it in just because they don't have those acts anymore. I think it was large to me when I was a kid because I was small. Some places are timepieces I said a lot of the camp of fear Didn't even change It's so true Some of those timepieces are cracked By New Things New issues New complications For example, I said There was Nary a metal detector And yet A few days after I was at the fair, during that weekend following, shots rang out in a fight. So they had to put up some metal detectors for the last day or days of the fair. It's hard to imagine anything like that happening in my time. I know some people believe that the only reason we think there's more crime now is because news broadcasts about it 24 seven, but I think it actually was a safer time. I really do. As I went around the rural areas of my upbringing, I worshiped those trees And I could tell that my time away has been only a blink. My time on this earth is going to be only a blink. The world and nature outlasts us at every turn. Even as we destroy the earth. And maybe some of you think we're not, but I think we are. And so do many other people. As we destroy this earth, it patiently waits for us to extinguish ourselves. Our flame will go out. Mankind will go out. And then the earth's flame will. And I mean it being on fire. It's waiting for us to be gone. It will cool when we're gone and heal. And perhaps let another experiment inhabit its surface. But if I had to bet about it, I bet only a wiser mankind experiment will be permitted. Thanks for listening. Keep thinking.
0: She's got no lessons planned for me Because she's not that fancy She's a professor for everything. Professor Forever